pot of gold. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Thank you for joining me today, and welcome to another exciting episode of Ramble by the River. I'm your host, Jeff Nesbitt, and we've got a great show for you today. We're switching it up this week, and the normal episode of Ramble by the River is taking a break. We're taking a week off. We'll be back next week with a regular episode featuring a guest as usual, the whole shebang. But this week, we're taking a break. So rather than leave you hanging, I thought I'd give you access to one of our episodes of Ramble on the Road, the exclusive subscriber-only, usually, companion podcast to Ramble by the River. Ramble on the Road is available through Patreon. You can get access to it by going to ramblebytheriver.com and clicking subscribe at the top of the page. Uh, There's no doubt about it. The world is changing quickly. I don't know about you, but I don't want to get left behind. Artificial intelligence, artificial ingredients, artificial Christmas trees. Where do we draw the line? Come along with me down this rabbit hole as I explore the capabilities of new technologies such as Lenza, the AI portrait app, OpenAI's GPT-3, and artificial Christmas trees from big box retailers. Does creating art require sentience from the artist? If a computer can create beauty beyond human capabilities, but it has no concept of what that even means, does it still hold the same creative value? If a flawless artistic masterpiece is painted by an artificial intelligence, is it the creative equivalent of a plastic Christmas tree? Can we even call it art? Is AI art hollow, like a dead log? Does it inspire and bring life? Or does it lack that critical zest of a human touch? Are we doomed to live in a future filled with new pictures, but lacking in any true art? Will AI continue to improve until it rivals the scriptures and eventually even has heart? Humans are masterful creators, almost godlike in our ability to bring something from the world of thought into the world of three-dimensional reality. We're made in God's own image, it says so right in the Bible. Look it up. Creation is what we do. And until now, no other species in the history of this planet has done it better. But is that about to change? If we hand over our creative tasks to AI, are we destined to be a species of uncultured swine, doomed to walk this earth void of purpose beyond our roles as consumers? Should we be purists when it comes to culture and traditions so that we aren't at risk of losing them to the passage of time? If we allow technology to dilute our culture with fake art and fake Christmas trees, what's next? Will we still advance as a species if we try to outsource the powers of invention? Will we lose the very essence of what it means to be a human? Only time will tell. Stick around as we explore these ideas in the episode today. If you'd like to reach out to Ramble by the River on social media, Check us out at Ramble by the River on Facebook and Instagram, and at Ramble River Pod on Twitter. If you have guest suggestions or you'd like to advertise on the show, you can reach out at admin1 at ramblebytheriver.com. All of this information, as well as the most recent episodes and links to the entire catalog, are available at ramblebytheriver.com. In the episode today, we're talking about technology. In particular, the new technology of artificial intelligence, primarily generating artistic images, also speech, and also a lot of other things. Shit's just really blowing up. So I hope you enjoy this episode. If you like it, please do me a favor and share it. 
something just as simple as a quick post. Quick post on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or anything, anything that you use. And if you don't use uh, social media, which you probably do, most people do, but if you don't, just talk about it with a friend. Call up your grandmother. Tell her, hey, this guy, Jeff Nesbitt, he's got some shit to say. Check him out, Graham. Check him out. Something like that. I'll call up your former boss. Say, hey, I know we uh, left on bad terms, but I heard this guy Jeff Nesbitt's podcast and it made me think of you. Check him out, Grandma. I don't know. Talk to your roommate. Say, hey, I've been listening to this new podcast. It's really funny. It's comedy, but it's also got heart. They talk about science. They talk about education. They talk about culture, philosophy, all kinds of stuff. You are going to love it. I've been playing it all throughout the apartment all week. And you've acted like you don't even notice. Sometimes I think we're not even best friends anymore, Grandma. Sometimes I worry that we're just roommates. You get my point. Tell somebody. Ideally, somebody from the demographic of 55 to 75-year-old females. That's my target demo. But I digress. Ramble by the River is supported by the generous contributions of our listeners through a thing called Patreon. Patreon is a premium service that allows us to distribute exclusive content to our paid subscribers. This is a way that the Ram fam has been able to support Ramble by the River and also get a little bit of benefit. Subscribers get access to early releases of all the free episodes, and also they get access to Ramble on the Road, the premium companion podcast that goes along with Ramble by the River. The very podcast that you're about to listen to an episode of right now. But get this, it gets even better. Every single subscriber to the Royal Rambler tier will get a free Ramble by the River t-shirt after their third month. These things are premium quality. I'm talking cotton poly blend. I'm talking soft like butter. You're going to love it. I mean, this blue makes your eyes pop even if you got brown eyes, green eyes. This is a nice shirt. It's going to make your eyes pop. It's going to make people want to talk to you. So be careful. It just makes you more attractive. People will be attracted to you once you wear this shirt. So be careful. Just be careful. So if you like this one and you'd like to get access to the other episodes of this series, including all the future episodes of this series, for free, on demand, go to RambleByTheRiver.com and click that subscribe link right at the top of the page. That will take you right over to Patreon where you can select your subscription tier and get listening today. So one more time, thank you to our Patreon subscribers. You guys make this show possible. We love you and we appreciate you. One more time, if you'd like to join the Ram fam, head over to RambleByTheRiver.com and click that subscribe link right at the top of the page. All right, all right, enough jibber-jabber from me. Let's get to the main event. Presenting Ramble on the Road. AI and the future of fake furs. Exploring new technology for Christmas. But first, a brief message from our sponsor. This episode of Ramble by the River is brought to you by Ford Electric. 360-642-2137. Serving Southwest Washington since 1944, Ford Electric is the local standard for quality electrical work and outstanding customer service. But don't just take my word for it. 
Richard H. went to Yelp to say that the Ford Electric team were prompt, careful, explained things well, left clear instructions, and were generally cheerful. They actively planned to minimize any inconvenience to me, and they worked hard to make the new outlets work well and look good. Alan P. said, In less than an hour, Ford came in and repaired the broken thermostat on my baseboard heater, and then upgraded three of my old fluorescent lights with cool new LED disc lights. Thank you for another great service call. You guys rock! Jessica M. had this to say, Very nice staff. You could tell this place is family owned, in a good way. And that's really cool. Everyone I worked with seemed to really care about the level of service that they provided. Very helpful in figuring out what I really needed, since electrical work is not my area of expertise and making sure I understood what was going on. We'll definitely use them again. Five stars. Five star review after five star review. All of them saying how wonderful it is to work with Ford Electric. Whether you're in need of someone to wire your new construction project or you need someone to call when the lights go out, go with Ford Electric. Call 360-642-2137 to schedule your electrical service today. I can tell you from personal experience, I know the guys who work for this company, I know the guys who own this company, and they are top of the line, cream of the crop, human beings. If you call them and schedule something, you're going to get the best service available, and that's just a given. So don't make the mistake of going with somebody else. Call Ford Electric today for your electrical service in Southwest Washington. One more time, that's 360-642-2137 for Ford Electric. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Ramble on the Road. I'm your host, Jeff Nesbitt. Buckle up, because it's going to be a bumpy ride. I'm not sure when this is going to come out, but the date of recording is December 4th. It's kind of a stormy day, so I'm hoping we still get good sound quality. Apologies if it doesn't sound good, but I think we're going to be just fine. Feels good to be back. Feels good to be back. I've been doing a lot of podcasting lately. More on the editing side. I just put out several episodes last week, so I'm back into the mode of trying to find guests, looking for new topics, etc., etc. Left turn. Today on the podcast, I'm going to cover the topics of acupuncture, which I recently started doing, and I love it. Uh, it was pretty surprising results and we're gonna talk about fake Christmas trees and really the Christmas holiday in general it's very emotional most people either love it or hate it the Christmas spirit it's in the air Thanksgiving was last week people are getting their Christmas trees up and my family has a pretty distinct holiday tradition where we go cut our own tree down at a Yukat lot or somewhere in the forest if we can get away with it and then uh, we you know, go decorate it together and it's a whole thing. We drink hot cocoa, we sing holiday songs, it's fun. Last three years though, it's been kind of tricky because all of the good U-cut tree places are either going out of business or they are out of trees or the climate is changing and they're just struggling or I don't know what the deal is, but there used to be a lot more options than there is now. In fact, this year, didn't really have options. There's one out in Nima but their trees are so fat, I can't fit them in a Christmas tree stand. So, I, uh, last couple years, 
that we've gone out there, it's been a real struggle. The trees are old, they're probably 10 years old, so they keep them short, but they're really fat, and the trunk themselves are, you know, probably 10 to 12 inches thick on some of them. They're a full-blown tree. You just can't be doing that. Yeah, you gotta have it be able to fit in that damn tree stand. Oh, I'm really thirsty. Uh, I'm not supposed to stop by the store anymore. I'm not allowed. By decree of the queen. What, I gotta just be dehydrated? That's just not fair. It's not fair. I work hard. I deserve to stay drated. But, gotta follow the rules. I'm not used to having company in the truck. It's been a long time. I used to have an assistant that would work with me, but I don't anymore. It's been a long time since I actually did. Right turn. Boy, I like the holiday season. It's nice. People seem happy. Even though it's rainy and gray, which it almost always is. During this time of year, it's not that bad. Not that bad. Left turn. I don't know if anybody else notices, but people drive way faster on 101 than they used to. I started making this drive between South Bend and the peninsula, which is like 40 miles of state highway, about 10 years ago. And when I started, I would see stater after stater, state highway patrolmen just cruising the strip back and forth. Every day I would see them with people pulled over and people did not really speed. They drove 55, 60 at the most. And if you went over that, you were getting a ticket. The city of South Bend, city of Raymond, in between that area, all of that was like thought of as a speed trap. But when COVID struck, all of a sudden, there was just not as many people on the road. And I was like one of the only cars out here. Also during that same time, there was the Black Lives Matter protests and cops were getting pretty bad press. There's the whole defund the police movement. And I imagine it became pretty difficult for cops to enforce the law there for a while. Maybe they just got out of the habit of writing tickets and it just didn't start again. Cause I see people flying by me at like, I mean, I, I go 55, 60 at the most. Really don't, I really don't go over 55 much. I put it on cruise control. I'm actually going 49 right now. I'm gonna pick up the pace. There we go. Put it on 55, cruise control it, and then I just cruise. But people will go flying by me at probably 80, 90 miles an hour sometimes. I don't know what they're thinking. We're driving through the woods. Animals can run out in front of you at any moment. I mean, not right at this moment. We're in a big flooded river valley, but very soon we shall be in the woods. I tried a new app today, a new AI app called Lenza, and it really, really impressed me. They're getting better so fast, it's crazy. If you've been following the technological updates on the AI art world, then you'll probably be aware of these already, but about a year and a half ago, I got involved with a project called Contrastive. They're an NFT project that was doing AI artwork. It was pretty good, I thought, at the time, but nothing compared to what's going on now. So it's been maybe 18 months since then at the most. 
probably even less. And we've gone from what was really abstract and hard to recognize forms that were still looking artistic. Like they, they were using shading and they were using, you know, composition and color and light and different artistic elements like that. The AIs had started using that stuff in the contrastive pieces and that had a huge effect. They did look artistic, but what they've got now is just so far beyond that. They've taken that to a whole nother level and now they're things are looking photorealistic. You can, you can tell it exactly what you want to see and it will draw you that exact thing. Draw even feels like the wrong word. It will render that image for you. So it's pretty cool. I've been playing around with Dolly 2. I'll just tell you all the ones I've been playing around with. So Contrastive was the original. That's the first thing that got me into this. I've been watching the AI space even before that, but I don't remember any specific names. Contrastive was all I was doing for a while. I bought their NFT and I was a member and all that shit, but they kind of went tits up. So I haven't really been fucking with them since. They did start another line called the Reality Stone and I played around with that a lot and it was a substantial upgrade from the AI engine that was building their original line. But still nothing compared to what we got today. Started seeing these advertisements for Dolly 2 and I was like, oh great, competitor. And I had very little sense of what that was. I never heard of it before. I didn't know what Dolly 1 was. I knew Dolly to be a kid's movie. Ah. My jaw hurts today. Wasn't hurting yesterday. These people really want to pass me. People get on behind me on this road and they I, I'm on cruise control at the speed limit, so that could make you mad either one of two ways. You want to drive slow and I'm on your ass because I'm on cruise control, or you want to drive faster and you can't get around me. Either way, I don't care. This is how fast you should be driving. A lot of these tourists think they want to get around me. This road is very curvy and up and down, lots of hills and curves. And there's only a couple places where you can pass. So these people think they want to get around me because they see I'm in a big truck. They don't realize I know the road. I know exactly how to drive it. I've driven it thousands of times. I'm better at it than them and they are gonna try to get around me on the straight stretch and then as soon as we get to the curves and the hills they're gonna try to slow way down but i'm not gonna slow down because i've got my cruise control set and i'm cruising so they better get the fuck out of the way and they usually do they'll a lot of the time they'll pull over or they will uh speed the fuck up we're making it work anyway so i've been playing around with dolly too if you'll take a look at a lot of the thumbnails for recent episodes of Ramble by the River or episodes of Ramble on the Road, I've been making thumbnails with Dolly 2. It's pretty cool. It takes text prompts and it will create for you an image from it. It's very cool. I did one for the recent episode with Brian Martini. I did one for the episode with Matt Shannon. Did one for all of the recent episodes of Ramble on the Road as well. There's probably one around the frame of this video also, I'll usually try to think of a, what I want the thumbnail to look like. I'll type it in, get a few different versions, pick the one that's the closest, edit it, and kind of tweak it until I can get it to look the way I want it to look. Then I'll pull that image from Dolly 2 and drop it into Canva. And with Canva, I can add text and I can add graphics and animations and all kinds of cool stuff. And then I will export it as a high resolution image once I get the name of the podcast and the watermarks and all the good stuff on there, name of the episode, 
and upload it to different social media platforms and also to the podcast so that it gets to be used as a thumbnail for the show. I've been enjoying it. It's fun. I love art. I love doing art, artistic stuff. I love creative work, but it doesn't pay well, you know, it doesn't pay well. So Christmas is coming up. Black Friday was last week. So I bet a bunch of people got all kinds of Christmas shopping done. I definitely did. I had a bad Christmas last year. I waited too long to buy presents. And then when I finally did go to buy presents, I didn't have any good ideas. And I ended up getting dumb stuff. People didn't like their gifts. And I was out a bunch of money and felt like an idiot. It was a terrible day. I really, I, I felt like I ruined my own Christmas by just not planning and then overthinking it. When I, once I was aware that everybody was displeased, not everybody, I guess, but let's see, what did I get? I got Sawyer Marumba, which is a weird gift for a 13 year old boy. It was not a name brand. It was a knockoff Roomba. And yeah, I thought he would like it. He used to talk about the Roombas all the time. When he was a little boy, he was into them. So I, I thought it was funny and not funny, but I thought it was cool. I was, I got him one and he didn't get it. He didn't like it. He didn't want it. He was kind of pissed <laughs> uh, yeah, but he was happier than Melissa who I got a security system for. That was her Christmas present, her main Christmas present. Now, obviously I got little knickknacky stuff too and stocking stuffers and all of that good junk, but the main gift was, I just kind of dropped the ball. I don't even remember what I got for the girls. But I do remember feeling particularly dumb about the security system. In fact, it's still not set up. It's been a year since Christmas and it's just sitting on a, in a, on a little stack of junk in the garage. Uh, it's stressful. This kind of stuff is stressful. But this year, I didn't mess around. Got on there Black Friday week and just started checking off boxes, making lists, checking it twice, you know? I don't give a fuck if you're naughty or nice. You're getting a gift. It's Black Friday and Jeff got some spending to do. So that's just one less thing you have to worry about as Christmas approaches. It's nice. Part of the tradition of Christmas in our family is getting a Christmas tree and putting up Christmas decorations around Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was last week. So the plan was for us to go out and get a tree this weekend. Today being Sunday, I'm at work, but uh, I worked on a Sunday. So yesterday was Saturday and that was the day that we decided we were gonna go get a tree. We usually cut our own tree. Like I said, there's nowhere to do that. So the next best option was to drive to Longview. Longview is just a little over an hour from Chinook. So it's not the end of the world. Not ideal to pile into the truck on Saturday morning but we do it a lot for basketball tournaments, baseball tournaments, whatever else. So it didn't seem like that big of a problem. Got the family wrangled up into the trucks. So far, so good. We make it through Astoria, through Napa, almost to, I don't know, but we're over halfway there and we come to a closed road. The state highway is completely closed. There's been a landslide and they turn us around so now we have the option, if we want to still go to Longview, we got to go all the way back through Nacelle, through the Washington Way. Yes. Long story short, not doing that. Be another couple hours stuck in the truck. So I decide 
I'm just gonna go drop the family off at home, grab my saw, sneak off into the forest, and snag me a tree. But the more I started thinking about it, the less I liked that idea. I, I really don't want to get in trouble. I really don't want to ruin Christmas by getting into a fight or getting arrested or any of that stuff. Also, if you've ever tried to go find your own tree in nature, it's much, much harder than you think. Christmas trees are not grown, just natural. They're a lot bushier and they are a lot shorter than a natural tree. They're stunted because if you just let a tree grow under natural conditions, they get really tall really fast. Christmas trees are often firs, noble firs, grand firs, those fir trees. So if you take a fir tree, plant it in the ground, within five years, that tree will be 15, 20 feet tall, but it will still only be like, you know, a couple inches thick. They get tall and skinny. I'm looking at a bunch of them right now as I'm driving. But Christmas trees are shorter. You know, you're, a lot of our ceilings are only seven, eight feet tall. So, you know, you need a tree that's below that. You still want to have enough branches between the ground and that seven and a half foot mark that you can hang some ornaments. You know, get a full tree effect. So, there are special growing conditions and pruning techniques that make the Christmas trees become what they are. And you can't just find those anywhere. So, that's another issue with getting your own tree in the wild. And then, lastly, there's covered in bugs. When you bring a tree out of nature, the forest, it's covered in bugs, covered in, you know, mold spores and fungal bacteria and all kinds of the wonderful stuff that is fills the forest, but it's meant to stay there. I don't want that stuff in my house. All the spiders that come flying off of it. And, and then beyond that, you get to the issues with just having a live tree in your home in the first place for a month, which is enough time for a tree really to dry out a lot. I don't know. The pros and cons were starting to lean towards fake tree. So I started considering it. I've resisted the fake tree for years. People keep telling me how great they are. You can't even tell the difference. It, it doesn't mess up the vibe of the Christmas spirit in your home. It's all great. And uh, to some extent, I believe that, I guess. But for the most part, it still just seemed weird to me to have a plastic tree. It's like when we live where we live in the forest, I mean, there's a lot of trees. Uh, I don't know. It just seemed like a, almost like disloyal to the real trees. Plus, my favorite part of the Christmas tradition is the burning of the Christmas tree. As a way to cap off the holiday season, a couple days after Christmas, sometimes as long as New Year's Eve, I will burn the Christmas tree. Get the whole family out there. We, you know, sing a few kumbayas, crack open some butter rums, and light that bitch up. I don't know if you've ever burned a Christmas tree, but boy, oh boy, do they light up. But yeah, they make an inferno. I've been doing this for years. My dad did it when I was a kid, actually, too. It's just a way to kind of cap off the holiday season. It's put a final end to it. Punctuation mark, go out with a bang. And also it's good for fire safety because it really shows you how dangerous Christmas trees can be. When you see that thing engulfed in flames and you listen to the roar of that fire, you really appreciate the danger that you have just survived when you slept with that thing feet away from your head for the last month. It's crazy. 
They're full of flammable oils. They burn really, really well, and they smell good when they do it. They make good sounds. If you're still on a natural tree, take my advice and burn that motherfucker after it dries out. It's fun. You're gonna enjoy it. You'll thank me later. But I decided the tradition was over. The tradition now will change. So I grabbed the boy, we loaded up, and we went to Home Depot. Start pricing fake trees. And I was like, I'm gonna get the nice one. The pre-lit with the you know sparkly shit, the timer, and the, all the good stuff. I'm gonna pay up to $200 for this tree. Get to Home Depot and find out the cheapest one there was like 250 and it was shit. The good ones were like $600. I was not impressed. So I ended up getting one that was $200 and it was pre-lit, but it was pretty poor quality. Looked like it was made out of tinsel and wire and it was all boxed up and compressed. So I didn't really know what it was gonna look like fully. We, we did have the model to look at, but I don't know, it didn't, I wasn't real sure of it. We got it home, pulled it out of the box and it was compressed. All of the branches were made out of wires and tinsel, so you had to sit there and individually fray them out and make them look like a tree, which in and of itself was a disaster. I kept trying to have the family help me with that. It's like these guys have never seen trees before. I asked them to, you know, make it look like a branch. Branches grow up and out. They don't grow straight up all sporadic or crazy. That's just, I mean, uh, I just didn't get it. I, I found it frustrating. We live in the forest. You'd think they'd seen a tree once or twice. I don't know. So uh, that was a uh, problematic. I'm grateful that they were wanting to help and part of the holidays, you know, holiday spirit is fighting with your family about decorations. But I had to go back through and, and you know, try to fix all the ones that they bent and make them look like branches. Talking with Sawyer later about it, I was like, dude, I, was, I wasn't trying to be a jerk. I was just trying to show you like leaves face up. They're looking for sunlight, so they're reaching for the sun. Branches reach for the sun. They're, they're solar panels, so the leaves need to face the, the sun. The needles need to face up the sun, you know? And he's like, I put the branches up, but I just, I didn't adjust the fucking needles. And I thought that was pretty funny. After about two hours of straightening out all these wire tinsel branches, I was getting really sick of it, and I started encountering a problem. A lot of the inner branches were completely wound up in this wire for the lights. It's like when they made the fucking tree, they didn't think about how it would actually be pulled out of the box and assembled because the way the wires for the lights were wound up around these branches, they were making it impossible to expand the branches and make it look like a tree. It looked like, you know, it looked like a smudge stick, like a bundle of sage or something. You know what I mean? How it's wrapped up like that. And that's what it was like. And I couldn't allow it. Uh, so I started unwinding them and things kind of got out of hand from there. I started unwinding them and then I realized that they were looped. It wasn't a single length, like a strand, it was a loop. So as I'm unwinding these, I never do find the ends. And then before I know it, there's just massive tangles. The tree is now in three parts. There's unhooked wires everywhere. I try to put it all back together and just, you know, Basically, I fucking destroyed the tree, tried try to put it together. And I didn't know what to do. I'm like, well, shit, I got an idea. I'm just gonna clip all these wires off. So the, the lights that came with the tree, I'm just gonna remove them. And we got the lights from last year on our natural tree. I'll just light it up with these. 
And Melissa's like, no, you just paid $200 for this tree. You're not gonna destroy it. It doesn't make any sense. So I was like, all right, all right. And I just keep trying to fix it, keep trying to fix it. And at a certain point, I realized, I don't even know how this fucking thing works. I, th I couldn't figure it out. And uh, I'm, I'm embarrassed about it. It's, it was a, a shameful experience to have my family all sitting there watching me as I'm trying to fix this tree that I've already destroyed. And I was pretty sure by this time that I wasn't gonna fix it. And uh, I was thinking it was just gonna end up being a Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Just a pitiful, disgusting tree that looks like shit and brings dishonor on the family. Eventually I was like, you know what? This is a Home Depot tree. I have the receipt. Box it up, we're taking it back. So I recompressed it, rewound it up, and put it back in the box, taped it up, brought it back to Costco. I mean, brought it back to Home Depot, got my money back. Went straight over to Costco and bought the good tree from there. Wish I would have done that to begin with because this tree was set up in like 30 minutes. Beautiful. Beautiful pre-lit tree, dimmable lights, timers, colors, switches, all the shit, all of it. Just like top of the line tree. It did cost $100 more. I will say that. At least $100 more. But it was worth every penny. Don't get the cheap tree when you eventually switch. And you will. You will. Oh, by the way, the thing that people always say about, oh, now your house isn't gonna smell like Christmas. It does, somehow it still does. I didn't notice at all. It's almost like your brain just adds the smell because it sees all of the other Christmas stuff. I don't know, I don't miss it at all. And if I find that I start to miss it, I will go buy some scent and spray it around. So it's the beginning of a new chapter in our Christmas life, the fake tree years. It's kind of sad, but at the same time, I, I'm not really gonna miss all of the extra tedious work that goes along with having a real tree. Oh, I'm not gonna miss laying on my fucking belly in the pine needles in the wet, cutting the thing down. I'm not gonna miss hauling it. I'm not gonna miss rinsing it off to get the spires off. I'm not gonna miss letting it dry. I'm not gonna miss the kids begging me if we could, please, can we decorate it today? I was like, no, it's gotta dry. Uh, all of that stuff, I just, no. No, 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 no more. Now it's just fake tree and that's okay. So acupuncture. I've gone to acupuncture twice, and I have been really impressed. The first time, I didn't notice a huge amount of results. I really enjoyed just the overall experience. It did hurt, I will I will say that. It, it hurt quite a lot, actually. But it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't a negative experience. I kind of wanted it to hurt. I wanted to be able to feel it, and I definitely could feel it. The second time, though, I tried a couple different needle spots, and in particular, he did two spots in the back of my head right in my suboccipital muscles, three needles in the, in the same spot on each side. So six needles total just in this one little cluster. And they went through my upper trapezius and into my suboccipital muscles, which were really hypertonic. So like super flexed and, and really, really hard to uh, release. I have no control over them actually. If I do that, nothing happens. I think they're like that because of problems with my jaw and my alignment and my the fact that I drive so often, I'm sitting at a desk, at my neck and the phone usage and all of the things. But when I woke up yesterday, my jaw did not hurt nearly as bad as it usually does. 
I'm able to open it. Well, maybe not right now. I'm able to open it without a huge amount of pain. Oh yeah, I didn't even mention the fact that he also put three, I think three needles in my jaw. I'm not sure which muscles, if it was the masseter or what, but. Actually, I might go this way. But it worked. Yesterday when I was driving out, even with the stress of the tree thing and all that, I felt great. My jaw was really good. I was able to speak and eat and all the stuff. I loved it. So I'm going back. And I'm going to try to get the acupuncturist whose name is Tony. He's a really cool guy. I'm going to try to get him on Ramble by the River. I floated the idea to him the other day. And he seemed open to it. So we'll see. But yeah, the actual experience of the acupuncture. Pretty crazy. The way it works is he taps the needle in. And the spots are like there's a atlas. So all every spot on your body is correlated with an organ. The practitioner picks the spots and puts the needle on the spot, taps it in, and then to stimulate it or activate it, he sits there, I, I think he's twisting it and pushing slowly, or I'm not sure, but it feels kind of like when you're putting a meat thermometer into a roast, how you want to push it in enough and kind of turn as you push to feel the contact. Ah, it's hard to explain, especially because in this scenario, I was the roast not the one putting it in but yeah he's trying to find contact and when he does that it feels the same way it feels at when you're at the dentist and they touch the nerve with the drill just that quick like that it's like a fusion of a dull ache pain and a jolting sharp pain at the same time that nerve pain and he's hitting that nerve and boom i feel like a jolt and depending on which spot he was at Sometimes that jolt would go through my whole body. One of the times I even saw a flash of bright white light when he jolted me on my uh, my hand, the point right here. Yeah, and then he leaves the room, puts on some nice twinkly music, and I sit there and meditate for 10 minutes. He comes back, he re-stimulates all the needles, leaves for another 10 minutes, and then comes back and removes them. And they feel like antennas. When they're stuck in there, I can feel a hum throughout my whole body it's like a buzz like electrical buzz and i think the theory is that there's energy being transferred between these needles through my body uh, along these various meridians and that's what's bringing healing to those spots i don't know how it works but i do know that it works i was really shocked when i opened my mouth yesterday morning and it didn't pop or hurt immediately i was just like oh shit it works because I didn't have expectations. I wasn't, it's not a placebo effect because I, I really had zero expectations. I also wasn't even looking for effects. Uh, I hadn't thought about it at all. I just happened to notice that my jaw didn't hurt. And I was like, oh, that's weird. I wonder what, and then I remembered I had got acupuncture and it now doesn't hurt. So I really take that correlation to be pretty causal, which is pretty exciting. I've only gone twice and I think it's gonna get better and better. I hope so. I can't believe 2022 is already almost over. Feels like it just started. Oh yeah, I was talking about AI. Today I downloaded this app called Lenza. And with Lenza, you give it a few of your pictures. So give it like 10 to 20 selfies and it, it runs it through its AI learning program 
and then it spits out 100 generated selfies, or they're not selfies, but they're portraits, really, different avatars of you. So I ran my own pictures through, and I got some that I really liked, really, really liked. Like, they, they're much better looking than me in real life. So I, I really, I just, I'm blown away by them because they're not all good. And it made me cross-eyed in a lot of them and put my eyes really close together. <laughs> so I'm thinking that like, my eyes probably really are pretty close together because it oh, some of them it like exaggerated my features. That was one of the features that it really exaggerated a lot. So I'm thinking maybe I look kind of funny. Oh well, not all of them look like that. In fact, the ones that the eyes look normal on didn't look like me. So, I don't know what to really make of that. I never noticed how, I don't know, it doesn't matter. But uh, I also ran Melissa through and got some images of her. They're really cool and they're really accurate. Not all of them, obviously, but that's the thing. They don't all have to be. Honestly, when you take real pictures and you go looking through them, some of them look nothing like you. So it's really not that strange. But the fact that they can generate something like this with this much precision, that quickly, and really with this much artistic ability, it, they're very artistic. They're composed well, they, they just look good. The amount that this technology has improved in the last year kind of scares me almost. It's dangerous. After I ran 10 of Melissa's selfies through this thing, it popped out 100 pictures of her in different poses, costumes, and scenarios, and styles. And I sent her one of them that was like a, a princess with her face. And it was a picture of her. And it's funny because I, I sent it to her and I just said, this model looks exactly like you. Then I sent her a couple more. And she's like, oh my gosh, on that first one, I thought it was me. And then I started sending her like a bunch. I sent her like two dozen, one after another, after another. I was like, this model is your doppelganger. She looks exactly like you. And she's like, it almost looks like you used some kind of AI. And I was like, yeah, I, I actually, I did. That's what I did. But uh, isn't this cool? It's, it is cool, but it is scary. So if I was to do that to, to a stranger, all I have to do is get 10 pictures of their face and I can make these avatars. Then I could pretend to be them. They also have them to work with video, not this specific app, but you can put a bunch of pe people's pictures through a, an AI thing that will create fake videos of them. So it's, it's a brave new world and there's lots of possible pitfalls and ways that you can make things fake. So we gotta be really careful. But I, for one, am excited about it. I'm really excited about it, actually. I've even considered trying to find some kind of niche profession where I could get in. I don't know. It's just such a new technology, and I want to be a part of it. It's fun, and it's cool, and it's so loaded with potential. Just imagine what it's going to look like 10 years from now. It's hard to even really fathom. I think that, especially with video and AR, like augmented reality and VR, virtual reality, with those technologies, when they're all working synergistically, you could have AI producing simulated worlds for you in real time. At, like, you could be walking through a world 
and just think, oh, I would like to see uh, a go-kart track here. And then it just appears, and you go get on a go-kart, and you start driving it, and you're just like, oh, I want to go right through that fence, and then the fence opens up, and you just go. Like, your thoughts could just change anything. And AI would just generate it and render it right in front of you in real time. We're not far from that. We're not far from that at all. We have all the component parts that are needed for a system like that to run. They just haven't been integrated yet. And they probably have, I just haven't seen it. One can't help but wonder if we are close to the singularity with artificial intelligence. Are we close to the point where artificial intelligence surpasses human understanding and human abilities? Have we already reached this point? It's hard to say. I think the singularity might be something that we could really only truly identify in retrospect. When the dust has settled and the robot wars are over, the sky is blackened, the buildings are all turned to rubble, then we'll be able to look back and say, you know, we should have nipped this in the bud back when they started making photorealistic regenerations of our faces. Or, you know, we really should have nipped this in the bud uh, when Lambda, the sentient artificial intelligent conversation generator from Google. We maybe we should have nipped it in the bud when Lambda became sentient. Sentient? Sentient. I never know which one to go with. I know they're both acceptable. Blake Lemoyne, I believe is the gentleman's name who decided that Lambda was sentient. And he was a whistleblower and they fired him. Maybe that would have been a good signal to maybe pull the reins on this thing. But is it even something that we can do? I don't think so. The genie's out of the bottle. Cat's out of the bag. Can't put a cat in a bottle. Especially not twice. I think it's too late. I think we have started the momentum and it's, it's, there's no slowing down now. Next stop, pink pods of goo. Hope not. Yep, 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 yep. You may have noticed that on episode 86, which was called Life of a Mortician with Melissa Meadow, went through some changes. First, the original episode had aired with an introduction featuring friend of the show, Jeff Hilton. I thought that intro was okay, but somebody was mad about it because Jeff called me and asked me to take him out of it. That's fine. I have agreed to do that ahead of time with all of my guests. People change their mind last minute. I'll pull them out. It, I did. I do think it made the episode worse because Jeff is awesome and he's a great podcaster. His podcasts are fun. Also, he's very honest and real, and he talks about real shit. He doesn't hold back, and I think that's very valuable. And I think that's what you guys deserve as an audience. But somebody in his life was unhappy with what was said. And I'm not going to get into who it was, but needless to say, I pulled it and replaced the episode with a version that did not feature Jeff. So that's what happened if you were curious. Not a big deal. Not the first time. It won't be the last. And it's okay. All right. Well, we're getting close to home, so I think I'm going to call it a day. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate it a lot. Be safe out there. I love you guys. I will talk to you next time. Bye. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Ramble on the Road. 
It's a special presentation. This is usually a premium, subscriber-only show. If you'd like to get access to this and all of the other episodes of the series, go to ramblebytheriver.com and click subscribe at the top of the page. That'll take you right over to Patreon and allow you to select a subscription tier and get listening today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And if you liked the episode, please share it with a friend. That really helps us out. All right. Talk to you next time. Have a great day.